Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, church. If you would gather with us, you're all so far away. Join us as we worship this morning. You can stand if you're able. You can sit. You can kneel. You can dance. You can do whatever you feel comfortable to express your worship to a worthy God this morning. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do it, okay? We're going to worship. Lord, just thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you for these beautiful people that you have made beautiful. God, we're so grateful for you and the work that you've done. I just am just humbled by your presence this morning. I ask that you would come and just fill this space. You're already here, but we ask you to come more. We want more of you, God, this morning, more of your spirit. You promised that you would come when we gather and we worship you. So that's what we're doing here this morning, and we're trusting, and we're hoping, and we're expecting and waiting for you to come as well and fill this place in a special way, God. So just prepare our hearts for worship. Help us to fix our eyes on you in this sacred moment. Help us to be willing to engage your spirit this morning, to hear these words of truth, to sing these words of truth by faith if we need to, God, because Life is hard, and there's struggles, and there's doubts, but we believe the truth of your word, and these songs are based on your word, God. So we declare these truths this morning, and we are grateful, Lord. Prepare our hearts for the word as we sing your truth, as we prepare to hear from you. Amen. Let's do it this morning. Who 
can stop the Lord Almighty? No. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battle. And every knee will bow. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. hear this call to worship from Isaiah chapter 60 this morning I'm reading in the New Living Translation it says no longer will you need the Sun to shine by day nor the moon to give its light by night for the Lord your God will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory your Sun will never set your moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. Amen. Amen. I count on one thing, the same God that never fails, is will I fail me now, you won't fail me now, in the waiting, the same God who's never late, is working all things out, working all things out, oh yes I will. Lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. It's worship. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Oh, yes, I will. And I choose to praise to To glorify, glorify the name of all names. Then nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. Then nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. Glorify, 
crystal shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't keep down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. So I won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Give Brother Dwight a warm welcome this morning. Good morning. No, she meant turn up the temperature. I didn't. Be seated. No, I know. Thank you. I want to lead us through um, a guided prayer session as our pastoral prayer time this morning. So I'm going to make some suggestions and I'm going to ask you to. Um, Follow along, pray as you feel led. So let's bow and pray. Lord, hear us as we pray. Right now, pray that the Lord will speak to you in the way that you particularly need for this day and this week. Maybe even this period in your same for those seated on your right and on your left. 
pray for that person that you're surprised you didn't see this morning and you're not sure why. Pray for our pastor and her family. Is there a way from us today that God will bless them in these days? for our former pastor Aaron Lynn as he and his family minister in the midst of the aftermath of this hurricane in Naples. If you know of someone specifically who has been impacted by the those weather conditions in Florida are the fires in California. Pray for them. If not, pray for those suffering in these such circumstances. Lord, we live in a wide, wide world. It begins with us, but it doesn't end with us. May your blessings lead us, both internally and outwardly. In Jesus' name I pray. It's good to see you. Good to be with you. Well, it's, at my age, it's always great to be seen. So some of you don't get that joke, but you will. I need to acknowledge what our pastor does for me and has the last two times by inviting me to continue and participate in her series. You may not pick up on these, these, these nuances. It's... It's very significant that she has entrusted this to me. I can tell you, I don't remember ever doing that when I did Scripture book series. And if you, just to encourage you, uh, I still have over, I think, 65 sermons on the book, on the Sermon on the Mount that it took me over two years to do. So, um, that, that's hard to do. That was just three chapters, you know. So, so anyway, I'm grateful to be in, to have the trust that she's demonstrated. Let me pick up the baton and carry it for this week. So you're going to stand with me, and we're going to read together uh, Luke 17, um, 11 and 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. May God bless his word to us this morning. Have a seat. 
Some of you were praying for me this week, I know. Quite, those of you who have talked to me about this know that, that I usually am a bit uncomfortable if I don't have my sermon finished seven days before I'm going to deliver it. Um, yesterday morning, I still didn't have the glue that brought it all together. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a different week. Let me put it that way. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a lazy reader? Hmm? Yeah, I am. I mean, not always, but sometimes I'm a lazy reader. Uh, sometimes I just don't want to put out the effort. Other times I don't want to, I don't have enough information. I don't know how to find it in order to give me everything I know to understand what's going on. Other times, I just have bad information. I thought I grew up in a Bible-preaching, believing church. It was Bible-preaching, but it wasn't always Bible, good interpretation. So there have been some things I've had to unlearn because I had bad information. Anybody else? If you've gotten that from me, I apologize. Because that has happened. And then there's, sometimes we're just lazy because we're not interested. And I confess this passage made me think about being a lazy reader. Because after I worked with it, as I just confessed, I worked with it a great deal. I began to realize there were just things here that I have never considered in over 55 years of preaching. And I had to add to the story. There were facts here that I just glossed over and didn't pay any attention to. And you, and you know what happens when you gloss over facts? You lose layers. A really good story has layer upon layer upon layer of, of, of meaning. That's why the, the, what we call the uh, prodigal son is such maybe one of the best stories ever told. It's not really about the prodigal son. There's so many layers in there. That's only one of them. It's a great story. I suggest you read it sometime. Well, what are the layers here? Well, it starts off with the very first verse, the journey to Jerusalem. You think Luke is just, just giving you a, a, a bit of information to kind of fill out the story? No. He wants us to understand that what is the mindset behind this? What's going on with Jesus as he's going through here? Jesus had set his faith to Jerusalem. What's that mean? He's going there to die. You don't think that colors everything that's happened since he set his face to Jerusalem? That he was journeying to Jerusalem? You didn't know it was such an energetic sermon, did you? So keep that in mind. There's the first layer. And as an active reader, you would begin to think about how would that impact me in this situation if I knew I was about to die, or soon to die. Then it's in the borderland of Samaria and Galilee. <coughs> Is this just useless information? Is just this filler? Is Luke getting paid by the word? You know, and he's got a... I've had students like that. I give them a 10-page paper, and they think they have, can write one paragraph 50 times. You know, just use some different words. Luke is not wasting parchment. The borderland between Samaria and Galilee is an important detail for us. Have any of you ever lived in a place like that? Brenda and I have. We lived at a mission station called Rabura, northern Burundi. 
It was two miles south of the Rwanda border. Um, and so in the days of when they were both kingdoms, that area shifted back and forth. And so the people in other parts of Burundi made fun of us and said we didn't speak Kirundi, and that we didn't speak it well, that we spoke Kinyarundi, which is a combination of the, of the two languages. So the people that lived in the borderland were discounted. So Nicole's been developing this theme for us, and you need to understand Luke is developing this theme. Jesus is in a place where people are less valued than they are in other places. You need to remember that Samaria was Samaria, and those people were just considered dogs. But Galilee was only a half a step above that. Galilee had a similar history. It was full of, of Jews that had returned from exile and lived in small pockets, but by and large was full of, of uh, mixed Gentile Jews are just Gentiles. The capital was a Roman city just a few miles north of Nazareth. So who has got Jesus' attention? We don't know. Now here I have to confess. I... Not only am I a lazy reader, I am capable of misreading. How many of you think that the nine were Jews? The nine who, who went on and got, I've reached that, maybe uh, that the, the Samaritan turned back and the Jews just ignored Jesus and went on. You've not heard that? Oh, good for you. Um, then you weren't when I have preached this in the past. Because if you read it carefully, it doesn't say that. That was, I think, one of the things I heard as a child, and I never thought to question it. Okay. No, we don't know if they were Galileans, Samaritans, Jews, Gentiles. We just don't know. In fact, the Jewish population of Galilee was only 30%. Leprosy. There's another layer. You hear anybody ever ex been around where lepers? In any situation? Uh, at, at our hospital, Musima in Burundi still, they, they still had a leprosy wing. It hardly ever had anyone in there. Uh, it was most noted for the fact that one of our pastors had been hidden in the leprosy ward when in the middle of a, one of these bloodlettings that took place in Burundi and Rwanda, the government troops came looking for Pastor Paul, and they wrapped him up in bandages and stuck him in there. And the missionary doctor was standing there when they started to open the door, and, and the doctor said to the soldier, you can look if you want, but I need to warn you, that's where the lepers are. I shut the door and left. Why? Because he's afraid of, the, of leprosy being so contagious. Is it? Not really. We've, we've always thought it was. And besides... In this story, we can't even be sure they had leprosy. Uh, they call it that. And, but from Hansen's, let me put it this way. We can't be sure they had Hansen's disease, which is what we really consider to be leprosy. Now, if you have your Bibles and you don't believe I'm going to read correctly, you can look at Luke, Leviticus 13. I want to read several verses here because these are the rules that Jesus and the communities are living by. When a man or a woman has spots on the skin of the body, white spots, the priest shall make an examination. And if the spots of the skin of the body are dull, a dull white, it is a rash that has broken out on the skin. He's clean. If anyone loses the hair from his head, he is bald, but he is clean. Thank goodness. 
If he loses the hair from his forehead and temples, he has baldness of the forehead, but he's clean. But if there is on the bald head or the bald forehead a reddish-white diseased spot, it is leprous. It is a leprous disease breaking out on his bald head or his bald forehead. The priest shall examine him. If the diseased swelling is reddish-white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, which resembles a leprous disease in the skin of the body, he is leprous. He is unclean. The priest shall announce him unclean. The disease is on his head. The person who has the leprous disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head be disheveled. Now, is this just me or did we just not read a lot about baldness? Just, just an aside here. Um, I'm trying to be a more active reader, but we just read a lot about bald heads and now he's got to leave his hair disheveled. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. In chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, the one who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off his hair, bathe himself in water. He shall be clean. And after he shall come into the camp, but he shall live outside his tent seven days. On the seventh day, he shall shave all of his hair of his head, his beard, his eyebrows. He shall shave all of his hair, and he shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in the water, and he shall be clean. I did a Google search, which I couldn't have done the first time I preached this sermon. possibilities that would qualify to be considered leprous or acne. Now, don't correct me, Doug. Don't tell them I've done messed up these words, okay? Alopoxia aritea, atopic dermatitis, epidermalitis bullosa, hydratinitis supervita, ectothiosis, and there's about seven or eight more that I'm not going to even try. There's moles, there's rosalia, there's lupus, there's psoriasis, there's eczema, there's vertigo, there's shingles, and there's hives. This is a participatory, Doug. Can any of these things come back after they go away? Certainly. Now I want you to think about the life of a leper. Someone who has a disease that is not life-threatening, but they have to go out of the camp every time that rash breaks out on their skin. It's not once. Do we live like that now? It's participatory. Come on. Do we live like that now? Oh, have you ever watched television? Do you know how much money people make by selling medicine to make a rash not appear? We still are concerned about our skin. I'm surprised Brenda hasn't made me buy that stuff that makes all these little bags go away. She's been concerned about my skin for decades. We're still concerned about this stuff. We still make a difference in each other because of skin. The society of Jesus' day was no more better. Or they probably were a little better informed for, because of watching. But they were not as well informed enough that they weren't still afraid whenever those things broke out because they could become uh, a contagion that went through the village. And so fear had established what was written in Leviticus so that they could be, protect themselves. 
And for 1,400 years, those rules still continued. So what are the layers? The layers to the story is the amount of knowledge that's available and what we do when we don't have knowledge. We act out of fear, even religiously. Not ten were, there were ten of them, weren't they? And they asked for mercy. What did they expect Jesus to do for them? You have any? Heal, do what? Maybe that that might have been their top of their list. But haven't you ever been a kid at Christmas time and you had a whole list of what you really wish you could have, but what you expected your parents could afford? These people lived hand by mouth. They were living outside. They couldn't go in the village and access their resources if they had resources there. They were cut off because of a skin condition which the community wasn't informed enough to be able to judge the variants of. So they may have just been asking for bread. Jesus didn't do anything really except say, go present yourselves to the, to the priest. And when they turned to, walk, to go towards the priest, they weren't healed. They weren't cleansed. The scriptures that we read this morning said that on their way, on their way to the priest, they were cleansed. Another layer. When God does something in your life, you probably have to help out. You probably have to participate. Rarely is God going to do something for you, without you. So is there a situation in your life that you want God to act in? Your first prayer should be, Lord, what can I do about this? Who can I get to help me? What, what responsibility can I take for this situation? Unfortunately, with God, the first thing is often repentance, and we don't like that. But they were not cleansed until they started to obey. On the way, they were cleansed. Now, what does that mean? Because this, this gets tricky here. Particularly when we look to what Jesus says to the to Samaritan when he gets back. They were cleansed. Now that, that is both a religious distinction and I think a health distinction. And I think the health distinction means the rash went away. Would that be a fair assessment? The rash just disappeared. They were cleansed. They, you could no longer visibly notice what, was, what their condition was. They were cleansed. Which... In, in a religious sense, made them acceptable to enter in. Now, I, I, I've debated about asking this layer of the story, but I can't get around it. How many times have we just washed ourselves up and the inside wasn't changed? Too many? They were cleansed. On the surface, they were acceptable. But one turned back. And he went back to Jesus, and he gave thanks to God. And, and Jesus acknowledged that this something different had happened with this man. Something different that had 
not occurred with the others. Because Jesus said, your faith has made you well. So is there a difference between being well and being cleansed? I never thought about it, but I think there is now. This is a new layer for me. Because the word that Jesus uses here carries the idea that this man was freed from a narrow place and set in a broad plain. So the correct idea is that God works wondrous things for those who have faith. Then we're cleansed, prepared for service, prepared to re-enter the community, but only one was made whole. And that's what that word, well, implies. It implies shalom. Now I'm going to tie this in to what pastor has been doing, and you should have been paying attention to the whole time. In chapter 4, Luke documents where Jesus declares that this is the year in which the Lord is going to bring wholeness. It's a year of jubilee. No. One of the reasons Jesus gets in trouble with the religious leaders is that they've never, even though they've had it on the books, they've never celebrated a year of jubilee. And they didn't this year. Jesus pushed for it, but it didn't get done. Except for a small circle of people that became the agitators to a hypocritical system that did not sell itself out, that was satisfied with being cleansed, but not being whole. That's why Jesus dies. Because he threatened a system that pretended to be something else simply because it could present itself as cleansed, but it didn't bring shalom. Chapter 19, we're not there yet, but I advise you to read ahead. Jesus weeps over Jerusalem because they didn't know how to build shalom. Now you do. You know the first step. The first step is not to be satisfied in being cleansed. The first step is to know that God offers you wholeness. And we shouldn't be satisfied for anything less. He isn't. In fact, chapter 19 gives evidence that he weeps at our ability to achieve it. So let May the layers of this story encourage one last thing. You've got some layers. Your story is full of layers. Some of them need to be peeled back and looked at, or looked underneath. Have you been satisfied just to be clean and not whole? The Ten Lepers, this story, is a very rich story when we are not lazy readers. It's enriched. Your life deserves the same treatment. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to the end of this morning together, May we desire all that you have for us. May we not be counted among the nine, whoever they are, who are satisfied just to get things back on even keel. May we recognize when you act and work in our life. May we be grateful and may our faith be encouraged and strengthened so that we can live out the wholeness that you provide and so that we can extend it to others. May it begin with our internal focus and become an external crusade. We 
pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's reflect and respond to these words this morning as we consider this beautiful story of someone who chose to give thanks to God. Amen. Just to worship him. I'm going to read that verse again. In verse 15, it says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Stand with me this morning if you can, if you're able, if you would like to. Let's take this opportunity to acknowledge the, the healing work of Jesus in our lives. The gospel has brought shalom to all of us. I've heard it described as nothing missing, nothing broken. That's the piece of the gospel that Jesus worked out in Jerusalem. He was on his way and he went and he fulfilled the work. Let's praise him for that this morning, amen. Forever all my days I will love 
God reigns. That's awesome, you guys. All right. Okay, we're going to do something a little different. You're going to have a different Nicole give you your announcements because the other Nicole's not here. So I'm going to be Nicole Substitute. So it's my first time, so just give me a little grace here. Announcements. Okay, you guys should know all of these. They're, I don't think we have a lot of new stuff going on. October shoebox collection for the Operation Christmas Child. We're collecting socks. Um, we are accepting all sizes. Women's sizes tend to be pretty universal, so that was just a note that we thought we'd share. And also, notebooks, one subject only. So those don't seem to go together, but they do. This, this time they do. Socks and notebooks. Make a note. All right, and then we're going to have... Coming up, the All Church Fall celebration. We've been talking about this at Eckerd's Millstot. That's on the 14th. Sign up and details are in the foyer. The cost is $11. So we hope to see all of your beautiful faces there. We have also have the Restore Network is collecting pajamas and diapers. I am told that is until the 16th, and there's more details in the foyer on that as well if you have any questions. Um, Sunday, October 30th, is the Pastor Appreciation Potluck. The church is providing fried chicken and drinks. And T. Nicole's going to make dessert for us, which is awesome. So please bring a side dish. Everyone is welcome. I think there is a sign-up for that as well. We've got lots of stuff going up in, in the foyer right now. So that's where it's at. If you got questions, go check that out. Um, but speaking of Tina, there's a bake sale in the foyer after the service. So check that out. Get some goodies delicious things going on over there. Brother Dwight, we will turn it over to you for your benediction. Okay. I cut myself up prematurely. A word of advice. Don't everybody go to the potluck table to sign up at the same time. Spread yourselves out. Sign up for diapers and and socks, and wait your turn to get to the potluck, okay? May the Lord dismiss us this day with the awareness that we stand at the end of a line which began with Abraham, continued with Moses, went through the prophets, went through Jesus, went through his followers. We are among his followers. And despite all of the mistakes they made, despite all of the failures that they had, we stand here as his agents of wholeness. Go forth this week. Find ways in which God would use you to make yourself and others whole. Amen.